If you take a look at all of the criminal trials that Donald Trump is facing right now, you, you notice something that kind of seems routine with the judges overseeing the cases. In the state uh, case in Manhattan, you have had the judge quickly hear motions and then issue a ruling. Same thing, of course, with the judge overseeing the Manhattan DA's criminal trial against Donald Trump. Same thing with Judge Tanya Chutkin, and of course, the same thing with the judge overseeing the Georgia indictments. In fact, most of these judges, every time a Donald Trump motion comes in like, hey, I need you to recuse yourself. Hey, I want the cases dismissed. I want all of this gone. The judge will look at it, ask for a response from the prosecution, and typically within a week, issue a ruling on these idiotic and frivolous filings that Donald Trump's legal team is known for. There is one exception to the rule, of course, and that happens to be Judge Eileen Cannon down in South Florida. You see, Judge Cannon is being taken advantage of by Donald Trump's legal team right now. They know the same thing that you and I know. They know that this is a woman who has 14 days, 14 days of experience overseeing criminal trials. They know that she's only done four criminal trials throughout her career. So let's be honest here. She's not exactly well-versed on how this whole thing is supposed to happen. So what Donald Trump's team is doing is inundating her with these idiotic and frivolous filings the same way they do all the other judges. But unlike the other judges, Cannon isn't going through these rapid fire succession. No, she's sitting there listening to all of them, taking a week or more before even asking the prosecutors to then respond to the motion. And of course, once the prosecutors respond, then Trump's legal team has the chance to respond, which draws the process out even further. And then she sets a hearing date later down the road, sometimes two to three weeks down the road for just one filing. And of course, the most recent example of this is Donald Trump's request to move the trial from before the 2024 election, which it's scheduled for May right now to after the 2024 election, where he's hoping he'll win. And then he'll have the authority to just pardon himself for whatever it is he's accused of. Right. And judge Cannon all along the way has said, okay. I mean, she hasn't issued a ruling yet, by the way, on the let's kick it down the road, but she's granted a hearing on it. She also got rid of all of the other deadlines that she had set for this year because Donald Trump's lawyers have told her like, ah, we, we can't seem to get the secure facility set up. Oops. I know you told us three months ago and you gave us a firm deadline, but by golly, we just didn't do it. What are you going to do? Now, a similar thing actually happened with judge Tanya Chutkin where Trump's lawyers recently filed a motion with her saying like, ah, judge, we, we didn't get our security clearances. Like you, you told us to do. So you just, you got to postpone everything. And judge Chutkin was like, no, I don't. You now have less than a week to get those security clearances. Cause I'm not going to give you any more time. You've had months. You sat around, did nothing. That's on you. Here's the paperwork. Get it done. See you in a week. 
Judge Cannon says, oh no, you poor little babies. You didn't have three months to set up a secure facility. I'm just going to get rid of all of the deadlines for this year. Uh, I'll give you a hearing on pushing the case back because you guys, oh, you poor little babies are just struggling so much. I feel so sorry for you. She's going to make sure Trump wins this thing, guys. Like, I just want everybody to be aware with it, uh, aware of that, even though we have this overwhelming evidence that Donald Trump did what he's accused of doing with the documents case. I mean, hell, finding the documents at his home to begin with is evidence that he did it. And he's going to get away with this one and he's going to get away with it because the judge that he got, you know, luck of the draw but the judge he got was not only appointed by him, but she is either painfully incompetent or just grotesquely stupid and corrupt. Probably a combination of all three of those things, if you ask me. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, who may or may not, depending on how today goes, be the next Speaker of the House of Representatives, recently received yet another letter from Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. And the letter was in response to the second letter that Jim Jordan sent to Fonnie Willis after she had berated him following his first letter. I talked about that at the time where she not only had to explain how the law works to him, but also then suggested a textbook that he could purchase. She even told him where he could purchase it and how much it would cost so that he could learn the things he needed to learn before he interfered with Georgia's investigation. Well, Jim Jordan obviously was pissed off about that. Like, how dare you call me a moron? So he sends her another letter. And last week, Fonnie Willis responded to that letter, letting Jim Jordan know that, hey, first of all, I've attached my first letter here, just in case you didn't read it all the way. You know, kind of one of those per my last email type things. But then she, of course, went on to suggest that Jim Jordan is either very stupid or very corrupt. Here is what she said in her new letter that Jim Jordan received last week. <laughs> A charitable explanation of your correspondence is that you are ignorant of the United States and Georgia constitutions and codes. A more troubling explanation is that you are abusing your authority as chairman of the committee on the judiciary in attempt to obstruct and interfere with a Georgia criminal prosecution. We have already written a letter, which I have attached again for your reference, explaining why the legal positions you advance are meritless. Nothing you've said in your latest letter changes that fact. So Willis is basically telling Jim Jordan, like, look, at best, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're just a total moron, right? That's what I'm hoping is happening here. Fonnie Willis says, she's like, I hope you're just stupid because if you're not stupid, then that means, and that's how she points out the other part, then you're abusing your authority and interfering and obstructing a Georgia prosecution. Now, I don't think it's coincidental that she used those words, right? I mean, attempt to obstruct and interfere with a Georgia criminal prosecution. <clears throat> and that's another thing that maybe she ought to send him a textbook on because interfering with and or obstructing a criminal investigation, 
It's also a crime. Those exact words are actually in the criminal code. So I have no doubt that that is why Fonnie Willis decided to include those specific terms, obstructing and interfering with a criminal prosecution. I think this is more than just Willis getting in a few good zingers at Jim Jordan. And I think this is the shot across the bow, right? This is the warning. Like, Hey, listen, if you're stupid, you're stupid. I'll help you along the way if you're stupid. But if you're not, if you're only pretending to be a moron, then we got some very serious legal consequences that might be headed your way. I don't care if you're the chair of the house judiciary committee. I don't care if you become speaker of the house. If you're interfering and obstructing a criminal investigation in the state of Georgia, where one, you have no jurisdiction, where two, you are not an elected official from this state. You have no business whatsoever sticking your fat nose into my investigation and prosecution. So Jim Jordan now has a choice. Do you just let Willis know that, Hey, whoa, sorry. I didn't know things. Duh. I'm a moron. If you do, totally fine, right? No problems there. But if you persist, I don't think Fonnie Willis is fooling around and she seems more than happy to possibly bring you into this investigation or really into a whole new investigation for obstructing the current investigation. So obviously I was out all last week. Um, I, I, I ran the Q and a videos and I hope everybody liked that traffic looked pretty good on everything, but obviously being out for a week, I, I missed some pretty big news. Um, and here's one story may not be the biggest thing that happened in the last week, but it sure as hell is something that I absolutely wanted to talk about. Now, before I get into this one, let me preface this two weeks ago, you know, before I had left for my conference, uh, Forbes came out with their annual list of the wealthiest Americans and notably absent from that list for the first time in decades was Mr. Donald J. Trump, former president of the United States. And being left off that list was, was hurtful to Donald Trump. Being on the Forbes wealthiest Americans list is something that Donald Trump brags about each and every single year. I mean, it's, it's something he talks about. It, it's something that he's actually sued people, by the way, for saying he has less money than he claims to have. So not being on that list was a big blow to Donald Trump's ego. And it took him a while. Like he did not immediately come out with his statement attacking Forbes predictably for keeping him off the list. It actually took him about a week before he finally mustered up that courage to go out there and go totally berserk <laughs> against Forbes. In a post on truth social last week, Donald Trump said that Forbes is quote, very badly failing and lost most of its relevance long ago. Lost most of its relevance long ago, says the man who routinely brags about being on that list. Also, as far as I have seen, there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that Forbes is quote, very badly failing, but they hurt Donald Trump's feelings very badly. So he has to try to come out and hurt the feelings of a magazine. He then said this, 
Forbes took me off their fake Forbes 400 list just by a whisker, even though they know that I should be high up on that now very dated and discredited antique. For years, Forbes has attacked me with really dumb writers assigned to hit me hard, and I am now up 60 points on the Republicans and beating Crooked Joe by a lot. So much for Forbes. Okay, I don't know what that last part has to do with Forbes. Like, oh, you say I'm not worth that much money, but if I'm not worth that much money, how am I beating these Republicans and Crooked Joe? Hmm? Explain that. No, you explain why that's relevant. And let's also not forget, that's not true. You're not beating the other Republicans by 60 points. You're beating them by 42 points. Yes, you're beating them by a lot, but let's not exaggerate something that doesn't need to be exaggerated. As for you beating Crooked Joe, that was literally in one poll that at this point is now very clearly an outlier, right? That Washington Post, ABC News poll, Trump's leading by 10 points hasn't been replicated, which means it was an outlier. It's also been revealed since that poll came out that the poll oversampled Republicans by, get this, 10%. 60% of respondents were Republicans. So if you're oversampling Republicans <clears throat> uh, by, by a vast majority of the total respondents, and you still only beat him by 10 points, that means in a real poll, you're probably still losing by anywhere from five to 10 points. So just FYI, that's how things work, folks, uh, based on my you know training in conducting political polls. So there's that. So you're not even doing that, but let's get back to the heart of the matter. You're not on the list. And you're like, I don't even care. It's an antique. And I only lost by a whisper, whisker, not whisper, whisker. Because yes, it was $300 million of net worth that Trump uh, missed the mark by. Do you know where it came from? Here's what's interesting. Forbes did not demote him off of the list because of what's been revealed in the New York fraud trial. Like That's not what happened. What happened, according to Forbes, was that they looked at the valuation of Trump Media and Technology Group, right? Trump's organization that owns Truth Social, and they saw that that group had lost so much value and so much money and two years later still had not been purchased by digital world acquisition, which doesn't seem like it's even going to happen now. And they said, look, you own a property here, Trump media and technology group. It's crap. You had hundreds of millions of dollars in it, hundreds of millions expected to be made from it that hasn't materialized. Like we have to subtract that from your net worth because you, you made a thing that had value and then the value plummeted. So the real irony is that Donald Trump's beloved truth social is what kept him off the Forbes list of wealthiest Americans. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.